How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little extra saucy today because I, um, I took just like a micro dose of acid like this morning, which is like, it's not uncommon. Like I take them all the time. They're just these like little mints, but I had taken a vitamin C supplement and I have a feeling that the two interacted because (laughs) like I, yeah, I was like staring at my reflection for like an hour after the shower this morning. So I'm like, I think, (laughs) oh no. So a stupid idiot. I should know at this age, you like, you don't swallow shit without checking the interactions. Cause there's so many out there. Right. And we can just look it up now. I should have, that's probably what happened. Yeah, probably. But, um, <clears throat> and yeah, anyways, that's, uh, and then I thought, well, man, if vitamin C gets me like feeling this good off this little bit, like what would it do to a lot, you know? And then I was just like that, is what an addictive brain does. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk about addiction with you. I was really excited too, because I feel like I have experience with addiction. Lots, I guess. And you have experience like dealing with people with addictions, which, you know, two different perspectives. Yeah, totally. Let's get into it. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you first, like what would constitute an addiction? Like when would a behavior or something like cross that line? In other words, like what can we, how do you define it? I guess. Well, doesn't Alcoholics Anonymous define it as your life has become unmanageable because of it? Mm -hmm. It's causing problems in your relationships or your finances, or you just feel like your life is out of control because of it. Right. Yeah. Like I came up with three things, I think. It would have to have because like dependence and addiction are different. Like we're dependent on lots of things. Like most of us are dependent on coffee, but it doesn't like, or sugar or sugar or like even me with weed, like, but it doesn't like, I don't think it's considered an addiction until it's not good anymore, but you can't stop doing it because like, you're always chasing that first feeling you got from whatever you're doing. And if, if it's not giving you that feeling anymore, but you still can't stop to me, that's like a red flag. Right. Yeah. The other one I have is it it causes you to defy your personal, like moral code. Like if you're, if it's like whatever your behavior is, like if it's causing you to like do things you normally wouldn't do. Yeah, like that's, stealing, stealing yeah. or lying, lying, like, holy yeah. fuck, like no yeah. one can lie like an addict can lie. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the worst. <laughs> <I'm> sure. <laughs> um, and then the third one I have was once you're if it's stopping you from doing what you what you need to do or want to do in life, then it's an addiction because like if you're unable to do like follow your goals or dreams and stuff because of this substance or whatever it is. And yeah, I think those are the yeah, three and things. it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a substance. It could be a behavior. Yeah, totally. Like plenty of people are addicted to their phones. Do you think we can become addicted to people? Yeah. Love addiction is a thing too. Yeah. Addicted to love. Well, I feel like there's like, is a spectrum of severity of the addiction and like consequences of the addiction, you know, like I'm sure there's like, it's like a sliding scale, like some are worse than others and harder well, to be. I would say that a stalker is maybe addicted to the person that they're stalking. 
Right. Totally. Yeah. Like, especially if he feels like he can't stop doing it, then yeah, Yeah, there has to be that compulsion. Yeah. It's like, you know, in your thinking brain that you don't want to do this thing, but you can't stop yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to do it, but you can't stop doing it. Are you, you have to do it. That feeling out of like being out of control, like that's when, you know, at least for me, for sure. That's when I realized I had a problem as soon as I couldn't put the brakes on. I was like, Oh no. (laughs) Like I knew I'm like, I don't have control over this anymore. I, and it's horrifying. But what are you referring, what are you referring to in particular there? Bulimia. Like that was like my main addiction. And then I feel like all my other addictions were like sub addictions I used in like trying to deal with my bulimia. Like my bulimia was my addiction. So like once I solved that, like the other ones also fell away. And I know lots of people don't get it and they can't imagine an eating disorder being an addiction like that, but it 110% was. I have no control. Like I could not stop and I would do anything to practice what I was doing, anything. It's all I thought about. How did you get to the point where you had the first experience that led you down this path? Yeah. Well, like most addictions, I think they start out great for me. It was like, I found the solution to my problems. This is amazing. Like I can have my cake and eat it too. You know, these diets that had been like driving me insane. Literally. literally. Yeah. Like literally I thought I was like, oh my God. And I feel like yeah, it's like it that feels with addictions. Like, it's like a secret code. Like, yeah, you, it's like you, you feel figured like you- out how to cheat the system. Yeah. You've like, or you found the missing piece of yourself. That's how addictions feel. It's like, you're finally like, oh my God, I finally found what I've been missing at first. It's like, you're on top of the world. Like you're like, yay. But then, yeah, it's, it doesn't become good anymore. It goes dark, you know, and then you're stuck in this horrible cycle that you can't get out of. So. But I want to know how, what you were going through at the time when you started your eating disorder, like what happened the day that you first put your fingers down your throat? How did that, how did you even know that was a thing that you could do? Yeah, I don't know. I think I had read books about it or I don't know. I actually don't know because it, or it's just was an instinct of like, it wasn't about the throwing up. It was about the, like the horror and shock I felt the food was making me feel when I ate it. Like, I was like, I had to do whatever I could to get it out. Cause otherwise I just felt like I was dying. Like, it, <laughs> like that's how traumatic food became to me when I went on a diet and like became anorexic. So, you know, eating it, it wasn't an option when you have a brain like that, you know, so you start purging, but then you, realize, Oh, if I'm going to purge, like I might as well eat, like you're the starving body. And so you start eating and then you realize it's like easier to purge, like the more you eat. And then next thing you know, you're like trapped in this cycle and you're using these binges of food as like some sort of relief in your life, you know? And then it's just like, you can't stop. It becomes your life. But it felt really good the first time. Yeah, I felt like, like I said, I just felt like I, I, cause I was obsessed with being thin. And so I felt like I had discovered the best thing in the world. <laughs> like, 
I could just, oops, if I ate too much, I could just excuse myself and make up for it immediately. But that's not what that was, how it was at first, maybe, but it, that's not what it turned into. <laughs> and that's not, that's not where it goes. It turns into this like giant beast, you know, and then, but you're always chasing that, the, that first little bit that was so good and it worked so good. You always want, you're trying to get back to that, you know? It's like a toxic relationship when they like reel you in in the beginning and it's so perfect and great that when it turns bad, you're like, you're trying to get it back to that beginning. So I guess people can be addict, addicting because that sounds pretty addictive right there. <laughs> yeah. I've been in relationships <laughs> like that. So yeah, yeah, it's like that same. Anyways, there's just like, you can't stop. So um, do you think there's like something like an addictive personality. Do some people have that? Well, I think some people are predisposed to it. If you believe that addiction is hereditary, like particularly with alcoholism, but it's, I don't know. I don't know enough about the research in that, but I feel like it's more based in trauma than but it can also be a person's chemistry. Yeah. Cause I know it's usually like a large, um, usually family members also had addictions and stuff, but maybe, I don't know. It, do people have addictive personalities? Possibly. Is that a yeah. thing? I think so. Yeah. So you would say that you have an addictive personality. Well, I have so many theories on this, but I, I, my main one is I think addicts are just sensitive people. They're just, everything is more sensitive for them that like just living like hurts, you know, like they're just in a lot more pain and like, that's my, what I think. And so they find something to relieve that pain for a bit. And because they're so sensitive also, I think their highs are probably like higher and better. I don't know. I'm just a theory, but because aren't addicts dope? Like you're obviously attracted to them. And like, if you know any, <laughs> oh, like, well, I mean, no, and I'm, attra I'm attracted to excitement and drama. So yeah, but addicts are interesting fucking people, like recovered addicts, um, active addicts. No, like no fucking way. No, man. No, they're because they they're on, they have a one track mind and they'll destroy anything in its path. Like, so definitely, but recovered addicts are people like they're the best people because they're interesting and, and, but they've done all this work on themselves, you know? So they're almost like, I don't know. They're on a higher level. It feels like to me somehow. Yeah. But then don't they always worry that they'll mess up and go back to it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure but they have to find ways to deal with their, you know, whatever was driving their addiction and, and overcoming that it takes so much strength. And like, I just feel like they're, they're people that are like aware, but they've got it under control. Whereas like most people are just like fine. Like they're, they're easily comforted by like normal stuff that we have in our life. But then there's addicts or people who are like, I don't know, they're unsatisfied. Like that doesn't work for them. So they have to like seek out. <gasps> I don't know. That's I have so many theories on what makes an addict an addict. 
it seems like certain people are more susceptible. And I, I know I made a pact with myself so young to never try heroin because I just if like the pain theory I just said is true, like heroin is like the best pain relief. Like no wonder it's so addic- addicting, you know? Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know. There's like um, the rats in the cage study member where the like the rat that was um, introduced to drugs, they could choose like drugs or water. And this little rat in a cage by himself, like obviously just became like drug overdose and died because it always chose the drugs. But then they put the same rat in like a rat paradise with like friends and sex and food and like everything the rat needs. And it they didn't become drug addicts. They chose the water. Yeah, I I I think a lot of addiction stems from a lack of a support system too. Mm-hmm. Isn't there that theory that addiction is caused by a lack of connection? Yeah, that's um, what's his name, Gabarate's theory, I think. But I don't, I I don't trust him. I don't know. I I yeah, I think it's probably lots of things. I think there's a correlation with ADHD and addiction. Isn't it just a coping mechanism? Yeah, exactly. Like something's going on in your life that you can't deal with and you Mm -hmm. need an escape or a distraction and you need, or you need to regain control. Yeah, totally. Exactly. But like also IQ, I remember seeing IQ and addiction are also correlated, but that kind of makes sense too. Cause like, I feel like really smart people you got a lot going on up there man it's like you probably like yeah you just you, want to shut it break. off yeah, yeah you want an escape like just you know because sometimes i feel like i just want a bit of relief like just get me away from myself you know like, well if you're an overthinker you uh, need yeah. a little help shutting that down a bit it's so much to deal with all the time yeah totally it's exhausting yeah just thinking the same thoughts over and over and shit, like, or, or not like just or not, not ever resting. Yeah. Or not trusting your thoughts. Like sometimes like, like going to bed can really fucking suck. Like for people, with, because you never know what the fuck is going to happen. Like what kind of, what kind of panic am I going to put myself through? Like when I lay down alone. Yeah. Oh I don't God. know. I do think again, recovered addicts are the best type of people. Cause they've obviously done a lot of work. They've had to, do a lot of work on themselves, you know, but they're not what boring. About, like people who've people, never struggled. What about people who just quit cold Turkey, but don't ever really deal with it. I knew this guy who was kind of like a dry drunk. He wasn't drinking anymore, but he didn't really deal with the shit. And you could see how unhappy he was. Right. Right. So just because just because you stop using doesn't mean that you're healed. Right. But don't they say those are the people that usually relapse? So what's the closest thing to an addiction that you've had? Because I know you don't, I don't think you've had any addictions. Have you? Well, I've been addicted to sugar my whole life. Does that count though? I don't think that meets the criteria. So no. Dependent, but and yeah. even cigarettes are kind of like I'd put them yeah. more on the dependent side of things because they're not uh, other than financially. So. And- yeah, they can't really ruin your life except for like health issues. Yeah, it's not like gambling or 
Yeah, but that's also Sex why addiction. it's harder to quit smoking because you never hit like a rock bottom. Like you don't, it just doesn't happen. You just, you know, keep smoking. The other never... thing that can make addictions a lot worse is knowing that you're doing something that you shouldn't really be doing and having to hide it and keep it a secret that can cause even more problems because you're having to be shifty, you know? Well, yeah, it's a shame spiral that feeds addiction. That's why I always encourage people to just like, I don't know, talk about it with someone or like make fun of yourself or like, cause yeah, um, that's what fuels the addiction is that whole, like, cause you are, you're, it's making you do things you don't want to do. Um, so you feel like a piece of shit, obviously all the time. <laughs> and then what do you do when you feel like a piece of shit? You go to your comfort behavior, right? And what does that do? Boom. And this just goes around and around. It's so hard to like break out of that. Yeah. I don't think I've had any real addictions, maybe love addiction, but nothing that tore my life apart. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like a sensible person. Like, same with, <laughs> I wouldn't trust myself at a casino. Like, I've always also always known, like, no, don't even. Oh, my try. God. For my birthday, I was in Niagara and my cousin said, let's go down to the casino. And I was like, oh, fine. And I hated it. I I just wanted to leave like as soon as I got there, because I'm like, this is stupid. I'm just losing money and it's not even really fun. Oh, and the stimulation, dude. That no, I hated it. Oh, I know I can't even. But I also know myself that, yeah, like, I don't know. It's easy for me to chase carrots that are dangled in front of my head. I just <laughs> I don't know why I just. I'll always go for it. Try. That's what's crazy too about. I remember um, reading that <laughs> the smarter you were, the harder it was for you to actually recover from your addiction because you're also fighting a smarter addiction, right? So, <laughs> so like your addiction is also really smart, and it's going to be good at convincing you and rationalizing, and which is what you spend most of your time doing. Isn't it weird that there's just like this voice in your head? Yeah, I know. And it's not you. And you and you right? listen to it. Yeah. You like talk to it. I've learned to tell mine to shut the fuck up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say that to mine so much now. Like I'm just like, oh, shut the fuck up. You know, like, or you're just like, that's, that's not it. even true. Just yeah. Like, why are you away. doing this to me? Go away. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know you haven't had an addiction, but I feel like you've been around it a lot. But I also feel like it sort of feel like addiction is not something you really understand until you've had one. For example, like there, I bet you will not find a single addict that exists that would be against safe injection sites. Like I guarantee they don't exist because um, it's all people who've never had addictions that like safe injection sites like don't make any sense to them and they can't really understand them. But Anyone with an addiction knows. Or anyone who has known somebody that they love who's been addicted yeah, to heroin. seen the power it can have on them. Because like and and just you want these are these people, these are still human beings, okay? Like that's part of the problem is that addiction is demonized and it's like a personality flaw. You're yeah. a failure. 
But if it's a disease, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the disease model, but no, I think it's more about choices and you're just choosing the thing that you need to survive in that moment. Mm -hmm. Safe injection sites are like super important because we don't want people to die and never get the chance to get better. Yeah, but I just feel like people who have never had an addiction don't understand quite a lot of them don't seem to understand what addicts do that. Like when you when we want to do when we need to feed our addiction, like nothing is stopping us, like nothing will stop you. Absolutely nothing like an asteroid hitting the earth wouldn't stop an addict from going like, you know, once they're I I just feel like people who don't have addictions, like have a hard time with that cuz i i'm also very pro like i'll go on chat boards and chat with like girls with eating disorders and anything i can do to harm like harm reduce whether it's like the damage they're doing to their teeth or or how much money they're spending you know i i'll always offer that and feel ethical about it because i just know that they're going to do it regardless you know so like might as well kind of put a dent in that shame spiral and make it like less damaging to their life, you know, in order to stop. It's just like in high school when I remember there was like controversy about having condom machines in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and the whole argument was like, well, we don't want to encourage teens to have sex. And it's like, they're fucking anyway, you might as well protect them and like save their lives. Cause totally really, same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people judge addicts and yeah. again, it's like, Oh, it's your fault. Yeah. No, your totally. Fault that you've made these decisions. This is what you wanted to do. So yeah, but people don't really get what's going on. That is causing that. Yeah, no, I know. Totally. People never know. And I don't know when you are an addict you're really good at acting like you're not an addict. <laughs> like, like I said, you'll do whatever it takes to keep the addiction going. And part of that is like hiding it. So that's like half your life. It's all your energy is spent doing that. Addicts are the best liars in the world. They really are. <laughs> they absolutely are. I can totally vouch for that. Oh my God. But again, that just feeds the shame. And then it's like, boom, so fucking hard to break the cycle. And you know, you know, it doesn't feel right. Like, you, you know, as soon as you have to lie to someone that you're doing something that's Mm -hmm. not aligned. Yeah. That's so true. Again, you're breaking your moral code. It's, it's a red flag. Like, alarm should go off whenever you do that, that like something's not right. I also think it's kind of like a misconception. People think addictions are always like chemical where I think even though there's usually a chemical element in most of them, I think it's like the psychological element to addiction is so much stronger. And that's where the suffering, like that's why it's so hard to quit. I think it's way more psychological. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because like I said, it's a coping mechanism. You're just trying to ease your pain. You yeah. just don't want to suffer. Yeah. But the the weird part about that is that you are making yourself suffer by having this addiction. It's not going to solve your problem. 
Nope. That's the harshest reality of life when you recover from an addiction is that realization that let's just like, oh, life still sucks. Like I, you could, when you have an addiction, you kind of blame everything shitty about yourself and your life on the addiction. But then when that's gone, it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm still like such a piece of shit, you know, like, oh I my still, God. Like, like you're obviously always going to have problems in your life. It's just, yeah. if you don't have an addiction, your problems are not going to be as awful <laughs> because like, how many addicts have ended up in horrible situations? Oh my God. I know. The good thing is you can come back from, unless, unless you don't make it like you can, yeah, come a lot back of them from it. you can reinvent yourself. Unfortunately, I've lost people to addiction. It sucks because you like always in the back of your mind, you're like one day, one day they're going to feel okay. And, and it won't be like this anymore. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do. No. And that's like, I, I went to Al-Anon after this accident and that was like the thing they're like, Oh, what there, there was this thing with like three C's you didn't cause it and you can't control it. The whole idea of that program was to teach the people around addicts <laughs> how to just manage their lives in response to the addiction. Right. You don't want to enable. You don't want to be an enabler. But so many of those people were. Yeah. And addicts and I just, love enablers. We, oh my out. God. It's <laughs> they're awful. looking for them. <laughs> okay. How many addictions did you have at one time? Whoa. I've never been asked that before. I don't know. I don't know. My most was, yeah, my eating disorder and then drugs and alcohol. And yeah, there was overlap where all three were going on probably. So three. And what was the worst thing that happened throughout all of the addictions you had? What was your rock bottom? Oh my God. I feel like I had so many rock bottoms. Which was the worst rock bottom? Like the worst experience you had where you were like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Oh my God. I have so many. I have so many cars. And most of them are like really humiliation based. Like, yeah. What to do with like vomiting and public places and so forth or bathtubs or, um, yeah, you get caught doing some gnarly shit. And so like, I mean, or crawling into emergency rooms. I mean, I mean, there's so many things I did that were, you'd think, <laughs> okay. Um, did you ever think you were going to die? Mm. Yeah, I remember I had this one girl and um, she was in like a chat, like support chat group. It was probably like the internet was really new. And I I just remember like, because when you have an eating disorder, like you're also obsessed with the eating disorder. So you know what you're doing. You read about it all the time. Like, so, you know, you know, the risks involved and you're terrified of them. But all it does is add to the shame. <laughs> so... But yeah, there was a point I, we just had like a thing to say goodnight each night, just to make sure that the other person, you know, you hear all these stories of girls having heart attacks in their sleep. That was really common from like the fluctuations in like potassium and stuff on your heart. 
And it was so bad at that time for both of us. We used to like just before bed or in the morning check in, which was like, yeah, it sounds so sinister, but I used to, yeah, it was terrifying. And then there were also times I wanted it to happen. You know, it's just like, it's just such a hell to live in. I just, I can't even stress how, what a horrible way to live it is. It's just, it's no life. It's it's darkness. It's yeah. But that's addiction. That's how fucking powerful addictions are. Like it's terrible. It's crazy. And you know what else though is fucking crazy is that I am so far removed from it. I have a hard time remembering or even like, I'm so over it that, yeah, I look back and I'm like, wow, I can't, I can't even imagine thinking that like, it's so foreign to me and crazy now, but I think that's a good sign. Like I've moved on, you know, but how did you stop? Okay. This is also that when, cause it sucks when you're like, you know how it is when you know addicts and you know, there's really, I always tell people, I always have people message me like my friend is a penis order. What can I do? And my answer is always nothing. Like you can't, you honestly can't do anything. And I feel like any meddling that's like uninvited, oh, it makes it so much worse. It just keeps talking about adding to the shame. Like, oh my God, because you're already, you're so embarrassed of the person you are. So to be someone be like, I don't know, it's just, it's horrible. So, but yeah, there's nothing you can do. And for me, it's hundred percent up to the addict. And for me, I knew it was the, Cause I mean, every day I woke up and I was like, today I'm going to get better. Like that's every single day. So, but I knew it was different when I finally was like, okay, I will. I was at the place where I was like, I will do anything. Like officially I was just like, I let go. And I was like, okay, whatever it takes. Like literally I'm ready. Take me. I cannot do this anymore. Like, I don't give a fuck if I get fat, if I lose my boyfriend, if I, I don't care anymore. Like, just like, I don't care. (laughs) Like that's for me was my turning point. And then once you've made that decision as an addict, like once you're done, then comes in all the hard work where you have to like make that a reality without that first like awakening kind of like, that's what it felt like to me. Like I was just like relief. I was just like, okay, I'm over. (laughs) Like I can't. I I think you just get to the point where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, I felt like, yeah, it was like, I kill myself or I, or I keep like, I just, or I get better. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I just was like, so tired, like, you know, so done. (laughs) And I wish that had happened so much sooner for me, but it didn't. Well, how Um, long was that going on for? Yeah, it was like. I obviously know the answer to this, but the audience doesn't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think it was like 26 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how you did it. Well, you know what it was also? I feel like, which also sucks that it took me this long, but it was it was a letting it was like that realization you have as a woman at this age. I like approaching 40. I just looked in the mirror and I finally I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm. I'm like, my looks are going like, I'm, I'm getting old. And then I just remember having this moment where I'm like, I don't like, dude, I can fight this and I can like try to like, you know, filter every photo and be all insecure and get Botox or whatever everyone and spend my life, you know, still with this eating disorder, trying to look good or, or I can just be like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm just, I'm just, and that's how I felt. So it was like this whole package. I was just like, oh, 
I just don't even care anymore. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like no more. It's liberating. Yeah. Like it feels really good when, when something that has been sort of ruining your life has been your life. It like, (laughs) it's your identity. Yeah. It's all I knew. Like I had to retrain myself how to everything like I, but it was so freeing and that feeling propelled me forward. Like it kept me going through like relearning. I'm still learning things, but like that feeling of, Oh my God, like, like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm free. I'm living like a normal person that keeps me, that kept me going. Cause I couldn't believe it. Did everyone in your life know about it? If they spent enough time with me. So only the people that like, were close to you. Like roommates always knew, found out. Yeah. could never. And then I've had, yeah, a few mental breakdowns. I remember writing my dad a letter and like thinking it was like the biggest deal to me, like coming out and telling like a few close friends. But other than that, yeah, I just, I tried to hide it from everyone. And then there was like a few times that, was out and I said I had recovered and wasn't and that went on a lot too. So yeah, most people close to me knew. And no one ever had an intervention. Oh, I'm so anti-intervention. Oh, um, I know it's the worst, right? Like, like what are the stuff on on those? Do they they can't work? Like to me, that would have yeah done the opposite. <laughs> The last thing you want is a room full of all the people who love you telling you you oh need my to change. God. I would just, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like, oh, and so the betrayal much. of trust that would have to probably have gone on for that. You know, I just, oh God, talk about shame. It's just like piling it on in one day. Yeah, group. but the, the people who are doing it, they really just want the best for you. And but they don't understand addiction, clearly. Like, again, that it's whole intervention thing was not created by someone who's had an addiction, I guarantee it. But I don't know, maybe they work for some people. So what, how do you get someone help? Well, again, I don't know. I, I'm from the camp that believes, like, they have to come to that... <laughs> that place and i don't know if you can push people there or not i don't know yeah like think of all the celebrities who've had to go to rehab and they they get out of there like three weeks later and then they're back on the sauce you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i mean that's common probably because they didn't want to go yeah it doesn't work unless yeah you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do especially an addict. Yeah. So my belief is if you have an addict in your life, I don't know, I would just, you know, offer, provide comfort to them if they care to ask for it, but I wouldn't intrude anymore into their lives. Like it's like something, it's like finding out a secret about a person and it's just like, I don't know, it should be handled delicately, not in a group of people like that. I know. Like how embarrassing Oh, God. But yeah, like, I just think having been in relationship with an alcoholic, I just get really uncomfortable with the idea of letting anyone into my life like that ever again. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it was awful. Yeah, fair enough. But like, you didn't know he had an addiction when you were with him? Not when I first met him. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I Addicts are that. really good at hiding shit and making yeah. stories, right? <laughs> and <laughs> until he moved in with me, and this all happened like really fast, but until he moved in with me, I had no idea. Right. But then when he was cracking a beer at 5 a.m., I was like, hmm. <laughs> Red flag? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bruski, yeah. yeah, that's my view, red flag. <laughs> and then, like, as that continued, it would like I would get so angry hearing that sound, right? Oh my god, the sound of a beer opening. Yeah, like when he would do that every morning. If I heard that in the morning, I was just I was like raging inside because I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what a lovely way to wake up. Who needs a drink at 5 a.m.? Who? An addict does. <laughs> Happy hours all day. You didn't what? say that to him, did you? No, I was in denial. Right. Okay. You're yeah. Right. yeah. I think enabling. Well and, well, and when I did ask questions or mm. be like, hmm, do you think this could be an issue? Like <laughs> he had the best story to keep me going, right? Yeah. And then they then it it got to a point where it was like, oh, you're crazy. I'm not the crazy one. You are, you know, like oh the gaslighting, the gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know addicts are like wild bears in the wood. Like don't. <laughs> Like they'll they'll take you down. Like oh my god, they sure will. And they will unlucky, take you down. <laughs> lucky, lucky for me, I was like, wait a minute. Once you fall in love with someone, it's kind of hard to walk away. The more you love someone, the harder it is to let go, even when they're treating you really badly. Yeah, but I feel like with your like, or if it's family, right? Like a lot of people have addictions in their family. Yeah. And then if they um, have any concerns and then the addict lies to them, like, of course, you're going to like think them positive, like you're going to trust them and believe them. Right. Because you don't understand that they have an addiction yet. Or you're also kind of, yeah, like you said, in denial, just like believe everything they say when sometimes it's probably obvious. That's why it's always crucial in life to not base your decisions about a relationship or a person on what they say to you, but to look at what their actions are. Yeah. The actions uh, should always match the words for sure. If that's, if that's the one takeaway I got from that horrible experience, mm-hmm. it's that it's all lip service. Like people can say whatever they want and they really believe some of it. Like some people yeah. are delusional. Yeah, And just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. And I was so trusting. I was just ridiculously naive. Yeah, but that's what addiction does to you. Like, it just turns you into that person. And that's why I don't think you fully have recovered from an addiction unless you're, like we were talking about earlier, still not that person. But it's hard because you can, like, as an addict, you can stop your behaviors, but you're still stuck there with the same crazy mind that's going off. So you have to like find better ways to deal with that and ways to cope. 
So do you just replace an unhealthy addiction with a healthy one? Yeah, I think a lot of people do that. That's why I said, I, f- I feel like I'm just a person that always needs an addiction. <laughs> like I've always felt that way. Like something's missing. I don't know what it is. I'm not just like, okay, all the time. <laughs> like I just can't like function like most people can. But I, I think know. that's I, because I, I'm really sensitive. I'm fucking so sensitive. I like, think most people are just faking it. So you would never what? know. Faking that they're normal. No, I just feel like most people are just clueless kind of. And they're just like walking around. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, most people seem like they're good, but I also think most people have some low, a lot of low level addictions. I feel like maybe everyone has an addiction of some, or it's just a habit. Like a lot of times we, we lock into doing or eating or behaving the same way every day, just because we, it's like a ritual and we just get stuck in a rut Yeah, and you have to consciously change it up, you know? Yeah. I feel like, like swapping your addiction for a healthier addiction is like one way people recover. If let's say that you're like eating way too much sugar you have to start subbing it out with like a healthy replacement. So maybe you switch to fruit. Okay. What do you replace heroin with dude? (laughs) Like what, where's the equivalent to that? Methadone. I mean, that's not a drug. Like if somebody wants to recover, recover. Well, a lot of heroin. That's probably why heroin's so hard because like, yeah. How do you compete with that shit? I don't know. I know people who have recovered like Oxy is just bad. Mm -hmm. They're living wonderful, normal lives now. I just think anything is possible if you want it. Yeah. But it takes a buttload of work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all of us are a work in progress. We're all struggling with something or other. It's just like choosing being addicted to going to the gym is much better than being addicted to gambling. Yeah. And both of them are like, they're both serving you in some way. It's your way of coping with the world or distracting yourself from something. Okay. But would you rather have dinner with someone who went to CrossFit or who's someone who was a a compulsive gambler? Oh, you know what my answer to that is going to (laughs) be. You'd pick the gambler, right? Yeah. I want the drama. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the CrossFit people. Oh my God. There is something really great about people who are really integrated and healthy. And I know, I know I'm not. Yes, you're right. Which and wonderful. They're whole, right? Which are, if you're, if you're broken, you hate these people. Yeah. But it's like, how do you get that? (laughs) Like, how do you? And so I think often addictions make you feel like you found the answer. The answer is that there isn't an answer. I know. There's no answer. There is no answer. Just be present. Easy for you to say. Be here now. A lot of people can't do it though sometimes, you know? Well, then they're not really living because all we have is right now. Just like we're born with whatever the addictive personality or whatever. life, Life is suffering. Life is suffering. That's true. But yeah, like why choose to suffer even more? Because as much as all of these addictions promise. Yeah. Oh, 
like the yeah. answer. It's a fucking lie. The whole thing yeah. is a sham. I know, and- but dude, it's like boiling a frog in hot water. Like you don't notice, like it often happens so slowly. By the time you realize what's going on, you're, you're cooked. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a trail of breadcrumbs. You don't start out as someone who's doing coke all day long. No. Right? But tolerance develops and as things, yeah. Even with weed, I find if I smoke a lot of it, my highs aren't as fun. Like they're not as good. They're not, they're more like I get more emotional and like paranoid. But if I keep it once in a while, it's like always happy and chill. I just think, everything in moderation. Right. And as soon as you start thinking this one thing, whether it's a substance or a behavior or a person or whatever, even just the thought, like you can be addicted to certain thoughts. I've lost my train of thought. There's always a way out. There's always, you can always get out. That's basically what I think. Like, and I don't mind with weed. I almost have like little mini like breaks from it or like, it's like little mini addictions every month. Like I'm like, it builds and builds and builds. And then I'm like, okay, no, I need to take a break. Like I have a threshold that I won't let myself pass. And if I pass it where like the cons are outweighing the pros, then I'll, I'll take a break from it, but I don't find it that hard to take breaks from. So that's why I think it's like, for me, the dream addiction. Like it brings me more benefits than it does negatives. It's not really, it's probably not really an addiction. It's just a dependency. It's just like taking some sort of drug that your doctor prescribed to you. It's the same as an antidepressant. Yeah. But I'm the, just the type of person that when I like something, I fucking overdo it. Like I, Oh, it was good yesterday afternoon. I bet it's going to be good. What about tomorrow morning? And Like tomorrow afternoon, you know, it's just like, I'm greedy, I guess. I'm like dopamine star. Yeah, I don't don't get that at all. Really? You don't ever want to overdo something? I do overdo things. Of course, I'm human. I'll get really into something because it's like, oh, this feels good. Or like, yeah, you don't get get the compulsion. I just get bored really easily. Like, I'm like, oh God, this again. Yeah, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I find that really annoying. The time that I was, when I was like smoking, I hated it. I just fucking hated it, but it was like giving me some relief from my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I was just like, no, I keep losing my train of thought. (laughs) I know me too. I didn't think I was that stoned. It's okay. I feel like we might've talked for a while. But yeah, yeah I was going to, I can't remember where you we were going. I think I want to finish. Yeah. 